magic is all around and you just have to believe. Hello, my name is Zoya Peters and I am your host for Fruitful Fridays, the original podcast where we talk about natural nutrition, spirituality, mindset, health, and success, diving into the adventures of our guests and their fruits of life and where they are at now. When I had nothing to lose, I had everything. Magic is all around, and you just have to believe. Hello, my name is Zoya Peters, and I am your host of Fruitful Fridays. And today, on episode seven, we have our wonderful guest who has over seven years in personal training, 15 years in kickboxing for his own personal use, and lives by the uh, values of strong body, strong mind. His tri lifestyle is tri a strong health and fit. Could you please welcome Spiro? Hey, everybody, how's it going? What's up to everyone listening? Hey, Spiro. I'm just going to leave your links below so you can visit Spiro at Try Fitness, um, Try underscore Fitness underscore MTL on Instagram or at his website, Try Fitness.info. These links will be le- left in the description below after um, while you're listening to the show. So, Spiro, tell yeah. us about what you have going on right now. Well, what I have going on right now is uh, full-on personal training, one-on-one. Uh, I do kickboxing, boxing, one-on-ones, and group classes as well. Uh, despite uh, gym lockdowns and uh, these many restrictions that we have here in the province of Quebec, uh, there's still ways to get out there and still continue doing what I'm doing. It's a lot tougher, but there's never an excuse big enough to stop this, uh, this hurricane. trying to accommodate as best as possible around the restrictions yes to cope right. with the restrictions to cope with the restrictions there's nothing illegal. right the restrictions the restrictions here are pretty uh pretty tight yeah pretty tight and uh let's not get into it if uh silly but tight yeah 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 so uh what can you tell us about who can join kickboxing like would you would it be for for elderly kids or uh, all kids are, are we'll start, start off with the, with the youth. Uh, I usually take anywhere from six to seven starting age. Um, and I could go anywhere from over 50. Now, of course, it, there's uh, things that come into play when it comes to people over 40. Uh, physical restrictions, uh, joint problems, aches, uh, all those arthritis problems, stuff like that too. Especially around the knees and hips, seen as the, the sport itself is a lot of pivoting, a lot of uh shock on those joints so again if you have if you don't have that much fitness level experience that's not an issue there's always uh, a starting point so i accommodate all fitness levels and basically it just takes a little longer to get to let's say a higher level but it doesn't matter I, I when it comes to group classes what i'm trying to say is that i can group anywhere from teenagers to four-year-olds it doesn't matter all fitness levels are welcome all fitness levels are accommodated that way everybody eventually gets on the same uh, on the same level uh, as far right. as goes, as far as it goes with youth i mean kids are like spring chickens right so there's no there's no restrictions there um but the only restrictions i would ever see is because my 
kid had uh, was was asthmatic, but that's the only thing really that's uh, the most common. Say so, yeah. Anywhere from youth to older age, and older age, I really recommend it because it's very, very stress relieving, very positively stress relieving. Don't get me wrong, we're not breaking heads, but it's very positively uh, stress relieving. And uh, at that age, I think the stress levels are a lot higher than they are in the 20s or 30 year olds. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And why would you say that is? The stress levels. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, I can. I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but uh, I think commonly it's because uh, we're not really shown or taught how to deal with stress until it comes. Uh, and what stress does is always one of three things, I guess: finance, finances. Um, job related and uh, yeah, yeah relationships I guess relationships finances those are the most stressful things that I can think of and um, unfortunately uh, the majority of people I see in my experience take the easy road which is basically just resulting into either you know alcohol bad food or just uh, full-out depression instead mm-hmm. of channeling, channeling that into something more positive because me personally, if I'm ever stressed or angry, uh, the first thing I look for is to, you know, expense all that built-up energy, right? So I go straight to the punching bag, for example, right? Or the weights. I mean, that's how I was taught. And that's what I want to teach as many people as possible. That's how I want to impact as many people as possible. That's a whole, that's, well, you could say the backbone of what I stand for. Right. And that is definitely a very great way to to look at it and to deal with it but do you think the same stress um conditions the stress related things and stressors are um at the presence of youth um uh, i would say not as severely not as heavily but there definitely is some stress levels uh off the top of my head what i can think of is maybe you know uh, we see more often now than we did before a lot more divorces a lot more separations that could stress a youth um conditions in schools especially in the last year and a half or so right considering all that stuff going on um Mm -hmm. you know kids don't fit in they feel you know left out they feel like they're geeks or they feel like they're uh just not part of the the cool group per se so you know maybe that could stress them too uh another thing also is um uh i don't want to be uh socially um incorrect but uh you know uh homosexuals might feel uh, left out too that might stress them right uh mm-hmm. the whole fitting in thing uh i can't speak out of experience but I've, I've known a lot a handful of uh homosexuals growing up that were felt left out right got bullied felt left out seen depressed so you know one thing will lead to another and eventually maybe stress too so in the youth i think i think that's what uh would affect them the most hmm it's interesting you say that now what advice do you think you can give uh, our listeners that may be youth uh to stay motivated through these struggle times find something you like and whatever that is you like just do it you know do it for yourself because you know that it makes you happy so you don't have to do it to make that person next to you happy right if it makes you happy just do it and find something that will help you deal with negative uh, negativity negative uh, thoughts negative uh, emotions you know like 
the more positive you are, the more clear your mind is, the more you can focus on doing you. So I honestly, I mean, I recommend doing something uh, physically active, whether it be anything from dancing to swimming to boxing to weight training, whatever it is, do it. Because that physical, uh, that physical activity is going to release these feel-good hormones, you know? which is unknown fact mm-hmm. when you do it you feel better about yourself when you're done exercising whatever it is like i said swimming dancing doesn't matter when you finish you feel good about yourself you feel good because your body released those good uh, those feel good hormones do it as often as possible right right and that that will build up on on grit but uh what does it mean to have this grit and resilience? Like if you're to um, describe it through experiences or your own or from others, okay. what does it mean to be resilient and have grit? Well, um, it develops strong character and strong character develops strong discipline, good discipline. Good discipline gets you through the thick and thin, right? It gets you through the tough times. And believe me, it doesn't matter who you are or how you know proper or pampered you were raised you're gonna go through some hard times at some point and the more ready you are the better chance you have of overcoming it quicker and easier so when it comes to building grit it's basically preparing yourself for for the unknown storm whatever that may be whatever that may be mm. if i can speak on a personal level um i've gone through a lot of uh storms i'm gonna put those in brackets uh, through a lot of storms and what kept me you know on track mentally is flat out the fact that I was lucky enough to get started in uh, boxing kickboxing very early in my life and never let it go and that got me through everything that that physical aspect of it helped my mental aspect so mm. grit is very important it's very important especially you know like I mean you could probably see yourself too right there's all kinds of mixed messages around there's a, a lot of insecurity. There's a lot of uncertainty all around us. Like what's right, what's wrong, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. And all that uh, all that overthinking just complicates things. We kind of lose ourselves, I believe. Yeah, with the tides changing and uh, information just changing in every single industry, matter of fact. Yeah. Everything's taking like a full 180 and it's pretty crazy. Definitely. Now, do you think that discipline and grit is uh, developed in certain uh, certain sports or certain ways of of being, or does it does it just come along with whatever you choose to to do? Like, can you elaborate that? Sure. Uh, it doesn't only come through sports. That's for sure. Uh, sports, basically, I just find is uh, one of the most useful tools. But this one comes through just uh, overcoming, you know, different things by maintaining your your character your your thought your um you know your will like for example it can be the smallest thing discipline is uh you say you're gonna wake up at seven o'clock every morning you wake up at seven o'clock every morning despite how tired you are as discipline that builds uh, that builds character because think of it this way if you say you're gonna start uh, you're gonna wake up start your day at seven o'clock every day and you every day when you wake up you actually wake up at seven o'clock every day that already you start the day off with uh, uh, a check like a, a a bravo kind of thing you know if you know what i mean like um call it a small victory right you say you're gonna do something you do it so the first thing you do every day is you wake up at seven boom there you go that's the first small victory 
Second, for example, is, uh, okay, I'm gonna eat a healthy breakfast. Boom, you eat a healthy breakfast. You say you're gonna run for half hour. You run for half hour. All right, those are small little victories. And that comes from disciplining yourself. And those things stack up. And the more you do, you stack those up, the more you develop your discipline. So the more you develop your character. In other words, you commit to yourself. So when you keep committing to yourself, over time, that develops your character. It develops positive mindset. It develops a strong mindset. It develops, you know, through, doesn't matter how tired I am, I'm going to do it. So then you take that same mentality and you implement it in your work ethic. You implement it in school. You implement it in um, your relationship, whatever. It doesn't matter. The principles are the same. Mm-hmm. And do you think there's a limit to small victories? A limit? Because that's, yeah, because um, small victories are great. And some people, uh, like some motivational speakers will say that small victories are actually bad. Don't don't congratulate yourself for little things because you need to know that there's more challenges out there. Now, do you think there's a limit for that? Or how small and what Personal, victories uh, do you think are acceptable? Well, first off, uh, I'm not gonna knock on whatever you know, there's, there's dozens, hundreds of motivational speakers and motivational coaches. So I'm not going to say whatever I say is right, but I'm not going to knock on their opinion either. However, when it comes to limits, I believe there is no limits to small victories because every small victory is a positive plus sign. So a positive plus sign adds up and the more you have, the better. It's like a, it's like a game of Super Mario, right? The more coins you collect, you get a free life. So the more you know ticks you get, you get a, you know, a feel good. For example, so no, I don't believe there's limits to uh, small victories. Cool. So, do you, in that same sense, like in there, there's no limits, do you think uh, people can start training at any time? Like, how young and at what point of life is it justifiable to train? Like, what does it mean to train? Okay. Uh, I think every age group is a different uh, mentality when it comes to you know physical activity and stuff. So let's say, let's take, for example, the age group of uh, five to eight, for example, now. Five to eight, I would believe is more for uh, a social cause. Like you, you you know, you, you play team sports, you compete uh, competitively, just to, you know, socialize with other kids, teams, uh, learn about teamwork, uh, learn to do something other than, you know, focus on reading or studying or whatever. But as you get older, you get more mature. So let's say you take from eight to let's say 14, you go through some physical changes at that point. So then it gets a little bit more competitive. So your mindset changes a little bit. It's not only for fun, it's not only to socialize. At that point, you start to get to know what you like and what you're good at and what you know brings out that inner competitiveness from inside you. And which is good to develop character again, especially that at that age group. And because we're a little bit more, I don't know, hyper or active at that age, it's good to tire out that age group to be able to focus on other things. And then if you take from 14, let's say, to to 18, again, go through some physical change at that point, you know a little bit better where you're going, what you like to do, and then you can take it a little more seriously and just focus on that one part or sport and see where it takes you all right what about going into the uh um elderly okay uh so when you say elderly you were talking about what 
like 55 plus if you're if you're you know over 60 and that's when you're starting to get into physical activity uh first off it's never too late so don't ever think you know there's a limit or stop age where you know what if you didn't if you didn't get it you missed a boat that's not true i've had many clients who started training at that age but um yeah that age is a little bit uh, a little bit more touchy because you know, if, if you don't have a clean bill of physical health, then there's a lot of issues to uh, patch up before you could get into, let's say, call it normal training. So, you know, if you have knee issues, back issues, uh, neck issues, you know, these are things that need to be corrected before you, you can get into regular exercising. But I do recommend that at that age, you, you know, you keep busy, definitely keep busy because, you know, that age, that's when you have your grandkids, you play with your grandkids. I mean, they come over, you don't want to, say oh i can't pick that up or i can't pick up my grandkid because my back hurts i mean yeah it might hurt but that's one ex- that's one reason or excuse you want to not not use you know what i mean so that comes mm-hmm. with you know f- physical activity uh you might think oh, well, you know what am i saying but no it's it's one of the most basic movements we've been doing it since we're able to walk we squat we lift something from the ground up we should be able to do it as easy from when we're two years old all the way to when we're 82 years old it should not be uh, limited or should not stop as a as something easy if you know if if I'm clear. Mm-hmm. Of course. And what's interesting is that you say that uh, it, it will have to be corrected. Now, do you think that all uh, conditions can be corrected and adjusted, no matter what age? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, some are more severe. Some take a lot more time. Because it depends on the person's will, it depends on the person's capabilities too, and their level of uh, recovery from if it's an accident, if it's, uh, yeah, basically if it's an accident or uh, yeah, if they got hurt or something. So it all depends on the recovery. But yeah, it's definitely possible. You know, I mean, not to sound cruel, but unless you're clinically uh, paralyzed or whatever and you want to walk, but you've, you really can't walk, I mean, that's a different story, uh, sad to say. But I believe that there's always a will and a way. Mm-hmm. Okay, and in that note, uh, what condition, if one even exists, would you say would be justifiable uh, not to train? I mean, does that training involve solely your, your limbs or can you train even without limbs, for instance, as an example? I mean, look, uh, okay, if, if you have no limbs, it's, uh, it's a whole different story. Um, obviously, <laughs> obviously, there's a lot less you can do, a lot less. But, I mean, if there's a breath in your body, there's, and there's somebody willing to, you know, help you find something to do, then there is something to do. You could do something. I mean, uh, obviously, the, the movement patterns are going to be a lot more restricted, but you're still going to move, so you can still find something to do. Yeah. Right. Right. So in that sense, you'd say that there's no justifiable uh, condition, but you can always do something. Yeah. To be physically active, yeah. There's okay, a, cool. And there should always be something. There should be no reason not to do anything. Yeah. Okay. And how small would you would you say would be considered uh, training? What small things, like the smallest you can possibly think of, that would still be considered some sort of way of training? For... For what uh, situation? 
for instance um somebody who's not only overweight but severely arthritis just random okay. example but something where the small little incremental things that can still be considered training okay so the question is what what can they do okay yeah look i mean if you know if you have bad arthritis and okay maybe squats for example is out of the question until you you know but you until you lose more weight for example but there's still ways to condition your joints safer than let's say a squat so a little less impact a little less impactful on your joints but there's definitely a way if, if you can move your joints then there's a way to train it's just not it won't be the same but there's a way to train it's just personally, cool. yeah, personally yeah. i can't speak you know for myself because i mean i'm currently not injured i've had a, my fair share of injuries but i've always come around uh you know it's just you get injured you get hurt take a step back you assess what needs to be done to repair to recover come back from the injury and also to maintain uh to strengthen that that area so you could avoid getting injured again it, it's a live and learn kind of a thing it's just right I have, right and i have some... a hard time um you know with excuses to be honest is uh you know as selfish as it sounds or as uh naive as it sounds i just excuses are not uh, they shouldn't be they shouldn't be right and you mentioned that earlier um reason or excuse now i'm curious what would you say would be the difference between excuse and a reason well that's a good question <laughs> that's a very good question uh let's see give me a second to think about that one <laughs> uh an ex- a reason first of all would be let's say um I'll try to find an example. A reason is I can't squat because I have one leg amputated. Okay, that's all right, fine. I mean, there's still ways to squat with another leg, but it's the, the whole different story. There's a whole different process to that, right? That That's a reason. It's not an excuse. Let's say, say I can't train. I can't lose weight because I don't have time because I work 60 hours a week and I have two kids at home. All right. Is that a reason? Is that an excuse? That's a good question. It all starts with just, you know, you plan out your week. You have X amount of hours to train, uh, to, to work. You have X amount of hours of sleep. You spend X amount of hours with your kids. There's got to be a hole somewhere. If not, you make a hole. I mean, I see people go out of the way to take an hour of their, their day, whatever, because they want to go buy uh, the brand new uh, model of Nikes or the brand new you know, model of Michael Kors purse, whatever the case is, people go out of the way for that. But what they don't realize is that literally just took, you know, it could take an hour out of your day, right? Uh, 10 minutes right. travel time, 30 minutes waiting in line, by the time you see what you like, another 20 minutes, whatever, boom, you're out the door, it's, there, there goes an hour just to buy a purse. It's a silly example, maybe, but I've seen it happen before. Right. Those, that's actually a really good example because it lifts the question that um, those things are usually considered oh, well, the once in a while. Now, is it okay to even if you can just find that once in a while train to take it? Definitely. Or is it better to be more consistent? Consistency comes with, to be consistent, you have to start. That's for sure. Right? You have to start from somewhere. You can't expect to be consistent. Uh, you know, if you want to lose weight, say, oh man, I have to train three or four times a week and I, have, I don't have three or four times a week fine but you might have one you might even find two start with two a week get your body used to that 
see how the ball rolls you know mm-hmm. don't start with uh, four times if you can't I tell my clients the same thing I've had clients who started with twice a week ended up doing five times a week but you have to start so in order to be consistent you have to start I mean if you're constantly if you're constantly looking right. for four hours in a week to train but you can't find four hours but you can find two but you're not going to do those two because you want four you're not going to find consistency consistency comes from doing it that's a you good have, point. Yeah, you have to start somewhere mm, good point you lifted there it- it can be kind of disappointing when uh, and demotivating, in fact, when you always have this big goal and then if you don't attain it. Now, how do you how do you encourage them to even just even if you can't do it, just do when you can do it kind of aspect? I don't encourage. OK, well, listen, um, if we're talking about, let's say, losing weight and I'll touch on the uh, female aspect. Um, if you're overweight, the majority of times in my, in my experience, uh, you know, uh, women want to lose weight to fit into the swimsuit they had once upon a time or a dress or they had once upon a time or a dress they're looking to buy, whatever, but they don't fit in it. Well, okay, take out that bathing suit, go buy that dress, whatever the case is, and leave it hanging in your room. And when you wake up every morning, you see it. And the only mm-hmm. way to get in there is to get your butt to the gym. It could be as simple as that. That's a really good idea. Buy that dress and don't wear it until you lose the weight. Uh, Once you buy it, like, oh man, that's a waste of money. If you don't, you know, it costs what, 100 bucks, 200 bucks? But it's gonna, to get in there, it's just gonna cost you time. Everybody has time. Everybody has time. That's a really good trick. Very useful. And on the same topic as women. Now, what can you say about women who want to train, but they have misconceptions about getting bulky, loss of femininity, or where the limits can be? Okay, well, there's no limits, first of all, when it comes to female training. There should not be any limits. I've seen, uh, I've had females push and pull much more weight than your average man can pull, and they look 10 times more feminine than any women you can uh, woman you can see it comes down to understanding that the moment you lift something heavy does not mean you you'll become hulk like it doesn't know because naturally from the dawn of time uh, women do not possess those, those type of growth hormones that encourage that kind of muscle development they do not unless they take supplements steroids or whatever then we're playing with mother nature then you might grow those bumps on your neck or those bolder shoulders but if you don't you'll just firm up your physique and you'll still have a nice slim silhouette very sculpted very feminine looking so there's no let me just put a rest of that myth that if you lift weights you'll bulk up like a dude it's not the case you have to understand that and the only way get there is you have to push through your limits you can't expect to get there by doing you know prancing in a in a prairie of flowers you know it doesn't, it doesn't work that way you have to grind it up man or woman is... so by get there so by get there at the end you mean like uh, building strength and and uh, firm fit body or are you talking about get the, getting there as in far as being bulk no, I'm, I'm just talking about, you know, 
a nice you know firm body keeping your body fat level where it should be keeping your weight where it should be and the result of that will be your body looking like all of us have in mind that that's a silhouette figure doing so yeah i mean dropping your body fat bring your weight down to where it's supposed to be as a result you're gonna have that figure it, it, it's that simple and again it comes back to you know releasing those feel good hormones you're gonna be a lot more positive you're gonna see things a lot more positively you're gonna feel better you're gonna you're not gonna be so negative you're not gonna be so down you're not gonna be so uh grumpy or moody or whatever it's gonna change a lot of things by just by doing something uh to better your physical being is gonna help everything else everything else that's a that's a promise that's a promise definitely so yeah it doesn't matter if you're a man doesn't matter if you're a woman there's there should not be that fear of becoming too big you only become that big if you take like Mm -hmm. i said enhancements or that's it on a woman's side on a man's side if you you know exactly if you take too many enhancements you're gonna become so big the body will only let you the body will only let you grow so much that's natural that's the way it is right and once you reach a limit what happens then do you just gain strength or you just gain more shape when you reach uh, what? like physically the natural limit the natural physical growth limit of an individual that's hard to tell because if you really push your, the boundaries if you really push your physical uh, uh, self your body uh, over years now we're not talking about within a year within a year forget it you're not gonna look it's not gonna be easy you're not gonna have that you know you're not gonna look so jacked for, uh, per se in a year time uh, it takes many years of consistency and your body will adapt to the type of training you're doing so over time two years three years five years six years ten years your body from one year to the next will have slight differences slight changes but if you take a year one to a year ten you're gonna see a huge difference but if you keep pushing your body, there won't be a limit. Your body will keep adapting to whatever you give it. So it's for mm-hmm. and like that, the body, the magical, uh, magical thing. It's really strong and And if we're talking about the strength, there is no limit to where your strength can get to. I'll give you. I'll give you an example. Uh, Olympic weightlifting. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of what the, that sport, Olympic weightlifting. Okay. Yeah, of course. It's Perfect. very fascinating to see the capabilities yeah. of people. We'll take. Uh, we'll start with the with uh, the, the guys, for example. Uh, you'll see guys from anywhere of, uh, com- in, at that level. I'm guessing competing. They'll be anywhere from sixty something kilos to ninety something kilos, which is basically hundred sixty pounds, give or take, all the way to two hundred plus pounds, give or take. And the smaller guys, the amount of weight that they're able to lift is because of the consistent training they do over years and years and years and years and you look at the physical being they're 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 ripped but the only way that much but their muscles are so strong when they're you know in use and when they're working that they're able to do what they do that that kind of weight i mean if you're if you weigh 160 pounds but you're able to throw 400 pounds over your head it's pretty impressive right but it comes down to building muscle correctly over time with proper technique it's as simple as that 
same thing goes for the women who do the same sport. There's no enhancement. It's just consistent mm-hmm. work, work, work. Yeah. Yeah. And would you say that uh, the that would be like above the one-to-one ratio? Have you ever heard of the coagnus egg where it's like one-to-one weight and, and power ratio? Do you think it, humans can actually achieve further in their own capacity? capacity? Uh, what do you mean their own capacity? What, what they're naturally set to, to do? Yeah, like like weight to power. Okay, okay. Weight to okay. strength. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, they can definitely surpass. Uh, it's hard to tell what a limit is. At some point, there will be a physical limit, but that point is, you know, if you when you start reaching over three times your weight, for example, then it's a little bit uh, a lot of things come into play because there is there is there is definitely a physical mm-hmm. limit to strength. I don't know if I said otherwise earlier, but. There is a, a physical limit to strength. Yeah. That's interesting. So other things coming into play, such as what supplements or is there something uh, else? There's something else. Look, I will take a strongman, for example, the strongman sport. Um, they are not uh, ashamed to say they will admit that they, they take steroids. They take anabolic steroids to compete. But if you look at what they do, it's pretty fascinating but the reason why they take those uh, supplements those steroids or whatever they use them is not necessarily to lift more weight it's just to help with recovery to be able to train heavier harder more often and consistently because you know to prep for a strongman competition will take two or three months but two or three months of consistently pushing heavy i mean your body takes a beating your joints take a huge beating so those steroids help with recovery a lot more than just you know if they, they don't take it to lift that weight they actually put in the work to lift that weight but it helps with the recovery yeah, I don't know. yeah. that's interesting yeah people i feel have a misconception about what steroids are and what they're meant for and etc along on the same advice of misconceptions now what are the common misconceptions around uh, working out and training that you hear of and you just want to abolish. Yeah, I, I hear those whispers in my ear now. Um, look, in my opinion, a lot <laughs> of people, or the majority of people who, who, who say those negative things is because subconsciously or just hiddenly inside them, deep down inside, they're either jealous or um envious of the progress you've made and where you're going right so at the end of the day your progress is your own road right your life is your road so if you're you know on on the fifth gear and everybody else on third gear and telling you this oh you should slow down you should live too much weight, you're gonna hurt yourself well you know what you're not a professional to give to give advice and if, if you consistently you know warm up properly stretch properly train properly and you know use proper weight at the proper moments basically if you know what you're doing then there shouldn't be an issue to get hurt so going back to your question uh the misconceptions yeah the whole oh you train too much you'll get hurt uh you're you're pushing too much weight you shouldn't do that or you lift too much weight you can look like a man or uh that's not good for you it's training is it's as simple as this it's as simple as the following every movement pattern 
basic movement pattern you do in the gym is something you do on an everyday basis. The reason why we do it in the gym is because we put more resistance to enable those basic movements on a day-to-day to become a lot easier. So we become a lot more endurant to those movements and tire less. That's how you build strength. It's as simple as that. Example, squats, deadlifts, plyo. These are basic things that will help you tremendously on the outside of the gym. People don't understand that. I mean, uh, that's a really good perspective to hold because a lot of people think that the training and real life are completely different things and it's out of the way. That's what they, they believe. But that's a really good perspective may, to hold. Let me say something on that. Now, this might open another topic, but I'm just going to say it. We don't have to open the, up the other topic. My opinion, my opinion is Let's that go right ahead. the reason I believe people think that way or, or uh, interpret gym life, quote unquote, that way is because we're brought up, you know, to not worry about that. I mean, can you remember any teacher saying in school, oh, you know, you have to get your physical activity uh, two, three times a week? No, 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 no. They tell you that you have to study that you, your math, you have to learn this, you have to learn that, you have to learn economy. And once a week you have gym class and it's a joke. Well, what happens? Fast forward to the future, mm-hmm. right? You, you got a desk job. Nobody told you that, you know, if you sit incorrectly in, in or if you don't continue physical training, if you don't establish a solid, uh, uh, you know, eating habits at a from at least a teenage age, if not the early 20s, and you just do whatever you want, you carry out all the way to your mid-30s, 40s, and that's when you start taking your, your health seriously. It's not that it's too late, but you, you're gonna have a set of problems there. But we're not taught to take care of ourselves that way from an early age. That's the problem, that, that's my opinion. That's a good point. What do you think what would happen if they were actually taught um actually taught kids that uh because they have these gym toys for kids that like preschoolers can use they're just plastic like turning things and stuff and it looks like actual gym material um that weigh like nothing literally like 0.2 pounds but um those what do you think would happen if the schools were to have like a month of gym training like that for instance for the kids it will spark a lot uh, more interests in uh, physical uh, well-being, physical health, and kids will, on their own, start, uh, you know, caring more about that. You know, I mean, kids are like sponges. I mean, whatever you teach them, they'll, they'll, they'll take. So at a young age, if you tell them not to do something, they won't do it, for the most part. It's just... It's, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, look, uh, if we're talking about really, really young kids, yeah, to give them those toys, I don't think it's to get them physically out, it's just to, you know, cope with their hyperactivity or whatever, just to keep them busy. Why don't they do the same with elementary or early high school? It's like the, the kid himself has to say, you know what, that's what I want to do, which is good. But as teachers, I think, you know, they should show a little more encouragement on that part. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. And for the um, sitting, like I know everyone doesn't seem to understand the relationship between sitting and the effects it has on the body all the time and what they should do or could do even about it. Now, um, for for sitting and working out, like 
do you think it causes problems in the long term uh, for their their stability, their their bodies in general, and sitting down nine to five, the typical work office days? When you sit, first off, your the majority of muscle muscles are at a relaxed state, and if you do a nine to five job, then that's a pretty long time that your muscles are at a relaxed state. Then when you go back home, and you do no physical activity, you you become weak. And when your muscles are weak and you sit more often than you do stand, your basically your spine is it weakens, which is why you know you have that awful bad posture curvature in the spine because it's weak. The, the muscles around there are not being trained to hold upright. So the moment you have somebody who sits all day long for 10 years, you ask them to sit up straight or stand up straight, time the next time. How long does it take before you start seeing the curve or the head droop forward or their, their upper back round or whatever? It's because they don't teach the bodies to stay up straight or they don't work the muscles that hold everything up in place. So when it comes to this. Mm-hmm. That's a really interesting test that people yeah. can do for themselves. <laughs> Stand up straight and time yourself yeah. when you feel uncomfortable. It's silly, but uh, try it. We'll see. <laughs> what can you suggest to our listeners to uh, how do they combat that? I mean, they still oh, need yeah. that nine oh, to yeah. five job Listen, uh, that's in the don't, office. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying quit your job uh, to get something different. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> you know, there are many exercises, very simple ones that you can do to. Uh, you know, work on on upright posture. The simplest one. I mean, how often do you walk a day? First off, and then there's other exercises you could do. Uh, stretches mostly, because from sitting down all day, there's a lot of tight areas in your in your body that need to be stretched. Uh, so stretching, walking, because walking is gonna get the, the blood flow going, and some two to three times a week of basic functional training could help a lot a whole lot it goes a long way it goes a long way mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the basic stuff i'm not saying get to the gym and start clanging and banging all kinds of heavy weights no no, no. there's some, some really simple stuff you could do a half hour a day three times a week and you'll see how well your posture will improve so simple so easy not to think about it and these are functional exercises you can do uh, easily in the office yeah, and at home, yep. as you're saying, right? Yeah. That's a really good mm-hmm. tip for people to look into. Now, everybody, um, for those listeners, you guys should definitely check out his page on uh, at try-fitness.info or on his Instagram. And the links are definitely left in the description below because uh, more tips and descriptions will, will definitely be there available. Um, but along with training and fitness, I mean, fitness is one aspect of wellness, but there's also eating eating habits like you've mentioned before. Now, what eating habits out of all the splendid, splendor of trends that are out there right now, what do you think is just most needs to be the most held and retained as information? As far as eating goes. Well, when it comes to proper nutrition, mm-hmm. uh, the one word that has the biggest impact is balance and if you break down balance is just like mommy said you have to have your vegetables you have to eat your meat or fish and you have to have your vitamins so if you have an, a good amount 
proper amount of vegetables a day, fruit a day, proper meats, fish, seafood, or anything protein, high protein a day, then you will be. I mean that that that's the that's a strong base, a strong start, right? Uh, and unless you have any deficiency of any type of minerals or vitamins in your body, then you don't necessarily have to take any supplements or vitamins or minerals, uh, unless you know prescribed by a professional because you're lacking in your blood in your body. But otherwise, I mean, I mean, yeah, uh, just cleaning up your eating habits and implementing a solid eating routine on a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, year-to-year. Your energy levels change. Your 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 focus changes. Your way of thinking changes your everything changes because you're eating cleaner the more the dirtier you eat the more processed crap you eat the more yucky you feel i mean yeah how often can you say okay yeah you had pizza last night the next day oh you feel like crap for the next two days because you feel bloated or whatever oh i should not eat that pizza this and this that and you take a trip to negative negative talent right but you know you keep eating healthy you know right. your stomach line is very flat uh you have this energy you wake up you have a bounce in your step uh, nothing could uh, burst your your bubble uh you know that comes from nutrition it doesn't only come from training training helps nutrition helps a lot more these are habits so what would you say the what would you say the the clean eating means and what would the for being coming fit what would be the the ideal kind of sort of ratio uh, on eating and okay, training? This way. So there was like uh, there was like two questions I'll, there. I'll, I'll you could just go with whatever one. I'll try to break it down the best I can. It might be a bad example, but we'll give it a shot. So you have a car, right? A car will take X amount of gas to fill up. If you put any more, it's going to overflow, right? So you, the gas represents the food. The car represents you. So, for example, on a day-to-day, let's say you fill up the gas, you fill up with food, the food that it needs. So you're not going to put, let's say, diesel in a Ferrari engine. It'll just, doesn't work, right? It just won't happen. You'll ruin the engine and the engine won't absorb or use it the proper way because it's not the right fuel for the car. So, fill up your car and you're ready to go for a drive. You have X amount of kilometers to use before you run on empty. That's how your day-to-day should be viewed at, right? So you start your day, you eat what you what you should throughout the day, you do what you have to do throughout the day, and when the tank's empty, you fill it up with, again, what it needs. Bad example, maybe, but that, 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 that's, that's the way I kind of see it. I, I don't know if that... Well, then in... It's a very interesting uh, example, and um, I'm curious, what does the diesel represent uh, the in that Ferrari? That your body does not need. I mean, it, it's still food. It, it's still okay, food. okay. It's still for like car, for me, but the car will not perform properly because of the malnutrition or the wrong nutrition. It'll still be full, but over time, it'll, it'll damage it. All right, so wrong nutrition could even be clean and healthy foods just at the wrong time, wrong balance. Repeat that. If I'm understanding that correctly. Uh, the yeah. the wrong nutrition could also be the the wrong, uh, the wrong right food, clean food, but the wrong time, wrong balance. Uh, if I understand that well. The right food at the wrong time 
there is there's some gray areas there but at the end of the day if you have too much of anything it's it's not a good thing so for example you can still be as clean as possible have too much food it will come out to this kind of to the same principles as it will come out to overeating i mean the cleaner the better of course uh, but what i'm trying to say when it comes to balance is you know your, your tank will take let's say 50 liters so give it 50 liters of food you don't need to have 51 or 55 liters or 60 liters of food even if it's still clean your your, your engine's gonna run with 50 liters that's what it needs to perform so if we're talking about overeating but still having good food but just overeating a good food long term you're gonna put on weight because your calories are in a surplus so your body has nowhere to put them and it's not active enough to be burning those extra calories so it's just gonna put them aside mm-hmm. that's a really good point and between clean and and dirty eating now what describes this clean eating a lot of people i find that don't really understand what clean eating is they think they put it in the same category as trending diets clean, so what eating, is it's, clean it's eating whole, uh, whole foods <laughs> whole grains uh veggies fruits lean meats proper meats i mean you can still have red meats nothing wrong with red meat but just you, know, you don't have to overdo it for nothing um yeah whole, whole foods uh, the moment you start having things that are you know high in saturated fats or uh, high in uh, processed sugars, then you're starting to take uh, the wrong road because it's not natural. It's, you know, it's, there's a lot of stuff in there that they put to make it taste good or look good or smell good. <laughs> but it's not natural. Mm-hmm. And going down that little rabbit hole I heard <laughs> about oh, diet, let's elaborate it's- there. <laughs> If I could sum it up, <laughs> all these elaborate diets is just an, another, it's just going around the corner of what needs to be done just to say, okay, try this diet because it's easier than just eating clean. Like for example, this Weight Watcher stuff. I'll use that as an example. Weight Watcher basically, from what I know, didn't really look it up too much, but from what I know, it's basically you're, you, get, you get to eat what you want, but you know every food counts as points or whatever. So basically that comes down to the same thing. What you're doing is you're keeping your calories where they're supposed to be regardless of what food you're eating and yeah you're gonna lose weight but are you gonna be healthy no because you're still gonna have internal problems you're still risk of uh, high cholesterol still risk of high blood sugars still risk of many things because it's not necessarily clean but it still stays in your daily caloric intake so yeah you probably lose weight uh, intermittent fasting not a fan of that um, that's hard to con- that's hard to control because you know, you're priving your body of what, 12 hours of uh, food, 10, 12 hours or something, then you scoff on one shot. Now you're only supposed to eat X amount of food, but you know, you're tempted to eat more because you've been starving all day. So that's a little bit dangerous too. And it slows down your metabolism if you don't already have a high metabolism. Now that's important to understand. A lot of fit people will say, yeah, intermediate fasting works. Yeah, but if it works for them, chances are it's because their metabolism is already very strong, very sensitive. In, in the sense that it works very well if yours doesn't work very well i mean if you're you know overweight or whatever you don't you don't exercise intermediate fasting is not the way to go see these, these are these are the fine lines you don't explain and if, you know you go into the ketogenic diet that's a different story i mean it doesn't necessarily work for everybody you have to understand how to get your body into the ketogenic state where it's doesn't 
you know feed off carbohydrates and it goes into uh, burning off uh, fat for fuel but naturally your body burns off carbohydrates first then fats and then muscle tissue in other words proteins so it's basically that diet is to, to trick your body and teach it to that it doesn't need carbs anymore it needs fats for fuel so that's the transformation that's that's where your body goes to the ketogenic state so misinterpretation there is like oh i get to eat fats instead of carbs see that's just like a a quick sum up that people think is is what the diet is but if you know if you highlight what the right words and pitch it then people buy it and say oh that's a good idea it worked for me yeah it all comes down to the same thing moderate everything has to be in moderation eat the proper foods and you know exercise it's it's so simple guys it's so simple we don't have to go hunting for a thousand diets trust me in the next 10 years we're probably gonna see three more diets i never heard of for sure but what's gonna work is the one it's that simple <laughs> wheel don't try to reinvent the wheel the wheel works already why reinvent it because it's difficult it's hard mm-hmm. it's too oh, my food doesn't taste like anything it's because we're so used to eating salty and sweet foods that we want salt and sweet Hmm, that's a good point. The flavor aspect. Because a lot of people don't like vegan food or or raw vegetables yeah. because they lack flavor. Well, you know, I think that's a very good point. Um, like like we're, we're so used to, you know, adding flavor. And people, I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe that people eat because they want something that tastes good instead of eating because their body needs food. That's why we eat. We eat because we need fuel. That's the, that's why we eat. we don't eat we don't have to have every meal to taste like a four course uh, you know steak dinner every time you know don't eat to satisfy your taste buds you eat because you have to satisfy your body's need for food that's that's mm. what very good point food for thought food for thought <laughs> definitely in that one and on that page with natural health and uh and um, nutrition and everything. I'm very curious, what is your opinion on alternative medicine or remedies and uh, clean eating in relationship to uh, health and fitness? Sorry, repeat, if you don't mind. I didn't catch the first part. What is your opinion on alternative medicine slash remedies and clean eating in relationship to health and fitness? Well, alternative remedies, there are some, let's say, like, um, some people take teeth to help headaches, uh, okay. or they okay. have, yeah, yeah. you know, like, like traditional yeah, uh, Portuguese remedies. Um, I'm all for that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Herbs, herbs and spices men play, a, play a huge, huge role that uh, uh, they're overlooked. I mean, there's a lot of herbs, there's a lot of spices that you put in your food herbs that you can drink like teas like you said that help with a lot of things uh, digestion focus uh, headaches uh, muscle aches stomach aches uh, and digestive problems a whole bunch there's so many herbs and spices that you can use to help with that uh, inflammation uh, recovery a lot a lot the immune system everything so yeah that's where those play a huge role in well-being so yeah all for it all for it I myself drink uh, uh Mm-hmm. I'll try it, you know, at least once a day to have a tea. Uh, personally, what I do is I keep it simple. Uh, 
boiled ginger, uh, crushed ginger, boil it with uh, bay leaf and uh, honey, a little bit of lemon. And in there, it helps me with, uh, pack with antioxidants, pack with uh, anti-inflammatories, good for digestion, not that I have any issues, and very soothing, very calming. You know, simple stuff, simple stuff. You, there's dozens of remedies. I have a couple of friends who have more remedies than I do. I can always uh, refer the listeners to some of them. So, yeah, yeah. Mm, that'd be great. Well, and that good. tea sounds juice. delicious. By the way, don't drink juice, guys. Don't drink juice. It's, it's, <laughs> Would you say it helps? Don't drink juice. It's such a waste. Uh huh. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Would you? Well, I'll go back to the juice aspect. But would you say that the tea yeah. Uh, yeah, helps yeah. with your inflammation when you there's train? A lot of things, there's a couple of things I take throughout the day that I make sure I take on a daily basis to help me with recovery and inflammation because of the uh, the the weight, the heavy weight, and just huge impact if i stop it for a week i'm gonna feel like i'm 50 but man i my joy my, my joints feel good <laughs> i recover pretty well so and i'm able to perform the way i want to so yeah it does help a lot some of these things uh top of my head could be you know uh that's great uh, turmeric spice um uh, garlic onions in my food uh natural anti-inflammatories high in antioxidant too Bay leaf, uh, bay leaf in my tea helps with uh, anti-inflammatory as well too. Uh, helps flush out, you know. And um, what do you call it? Oh yeah. Um, I also have uh, make my own gelatin. Gelatin, if you don't know what it is already, it's basically you know what gummy bears are made out of. But don't get me wrong, I don't eat gummy bears. It's uh, from bone marrow, made from bone marrow, and that helps a lot with anti-inflammatory recovery. So there's that. Yeah. And I have an, um, you know, my mm, own little that's recipe that cool. too, so again, feel free to uh, contact me and I'll gladly give it out. And it tastes delicious. It tastes delicious. Yeah. yeah Definitely yeah, going to need that gelatin stuff. recipe here. <laughs> anyway. Hmm. That's good, because the gelatin they use uh, for gummy bears in, in the stores and stuff no, is not the greatest. Sugars, it's packed with sugars, right? Mm-hmm. And going down on that same um, path of what you like the store bought stuff. Now tell us about the uh, the juice. I did say it come back. Just, it's just loaded with extra sugars, man. <laughs> Fruits are not that sweet. That's all it is. I mean, even if it says, you know, made with 100% oranges, yeah, okay, it's made with oranges, but to still added sugar, it's got to taste good, right? So, yeah, just eat. So you'd say that, um, juicing your own juice uh, would be better than buying the juice even yeah. though it says 100% fruit or just eating fruits uh, when it comes to juicing uh, I don't want to I'm basically saying squeeze your own oranges yeah but like to juice your own uh, veggies and fruits it's a, it's a different uh, it's a different story yeah Mm-hmm. Because what comes out Why would is you say that majority is? water, but the vitamins still stay in the stuff that you're not drinking. I mean, most of the vitamins of vegetables are on the outside of the vegetables, not on the inside of the vegetables. And when you juice it, uh, you're pretty much just taking out all the water, but along with it, you're leaving a lot of the nutritional part back in the juicer. You're still getting something out of it, but you're not getting everything out of it. 
that if you start all right that's a good point so i have two so i have two last questions before we close up for today um let's start with uh, how do you balance your lifestyle between uh three businesses uh family wife and kids and yourself Um, time for yourself well for the most part time with myself it's my training that's first and foremost i always make sure to have that in my week uh anything else um what i try to do i'm gonna start with myself first then how i balance uh, the family and the business too um whatever else is considered for personal time i'll try to find 20 minutes here some days will be 30 some days will be a full hour but i'll try to make at least you know a small little block of 20 minutes whether it's personal time to you know read a book personal time to meditate personal time to i don't know take an epsom salt bath whatever i'll try to find little spots here and there and depending on what time those spots are it will be depending on what i'll do uh i gotta start my day early i start my day at seven some start earlier i wish i could start earlier but it's a little bit tougher but it works for me i start my day at seven uh get the kids ready whatever get them out of the house come back home uh start getting my work together um whatever it's to do if i have to run errands i'll put a spot in the day to run those errands come back because i have until let's say four o'clock before i have the kids back right so and that includes also my personal trainings with my clients that includes my class that i do so to sum it up basically every saturday sunday i put everything down on what needs to be done in the following week whether it's phone calls appointments uh personal trainings uh uh zoom meetings uh podcasts whatever everything's gonna be put down on paper then i'm gonna say okay now let's put it into the program including my training too and that's how you do it if you have a plan then sunday night you can shut your eyes monday morning you open it's like autopilot everything's already laid out for you there's no reason that it shouldn't be done if you'd say oh i'm fatigued well then you gotta get you gotta get over that you gotta go over that you gotta sleep more you gotta sleep better but uh yeah if you have a plan if you plan out your week mm. properly before the week starts not after the week starts and like i said it's it's like uh autopilot just go and before you know it's saturday but everything was done everything was checked off and again the following week so that, that's how i balance it i mean the business part it's uh it's a lot of work i put in overtime too man. and sometimes I, I work till one in the morning online if i need to but it is what it is no sleep for the wicked no rest for the wicked i should say yeah <laughs> that sounds like you got some wrong, really uh, good time management skills some, there i have a you know i follow a lot of guys too uh, entrepreneurs and uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts so I read a lot of books too that, that helps me it doesn't come out of my ass right I actually decided to find a way to help me with uh, time management because I needed it so I looked into it I outsourced I found and I put it into practice and it works so that's what you gotta do you know, it's, it's nothing wrong looking for help if you need somebody to help you with your time management until you get the ball rolling do it I encourage you that's what I did and it works very cool very cool indeed and for our last question to close up this wonderful show let me ask you what do people need to know that no one is talking about 
that's that's uh, well, very fit. Uh, know about what exactly? Anything? Okay, okay. Know about in your industry. What do people know so, that they don't already know? Fitness industry. Okay. What do people need to know that no one is talking about? Um, the right... Uh, I, I think... Um, body necessities like um, you know start with fitness but mostly the right nutrition at this time that we're at, at the time that we're having now and the right vitamins I mean all those three together or all those two together is the best weapon to have against anything anything whether it be a virus whether it be a physical attack whatever I mean, the best thing to do is to fitness has to be in your life, along with the right nutrition. Proper nutrition has to be in your life. You have to give your body the best chance it has in combating whatever comes at it. Yeah. That's a very good place to Pleasure, end. Sorta. Thank you, Spiro, and this was a very. In- Thank you. It was a very engaging podcast. Likewise. I really enjoyed it because it was full of deep information and uh, yeah, and great uh, tidbits for everyone. So for the listeners, remember you can find Spiro at www.atry-fitness.info and Try all the I, links will be left in the description below. Thank you very much, Zoe, yes, for having me. Yes, well then I. <laughs> With pleasure. It was my pleasure, soon. and thank you for being on the show. Bye-bye. On our next episode, episode 8, our guest is a sous vide self-taught chef that enjoys cooking for his family five-star dishes at night and during the day he works in the car industry so keep in touch and listen in you will like this one that's for sure So that concludes today's episode of Fruitful Fridays. And you can always keep up to date until the next episode at our Instagram handle at Enerzealus or at our website at www.enerzealus.com. That is www.enerzealous.com. It was nice having you join our podcast episode today and we'll see you on the next one.